Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. One of the things that I am a sucker for on social media, and some of you know what I'm talking about. You guys seen those videos where a mom or a dad who is serving in our armed forces is gone for like a year overseas or something, they're away from the kids, and then all of a sudden it's a video where the dad or the mom's coming home and they're usually in their fatigues, and they walk into like the kids' elementary school or they show up to their football game and they do a big deal and they and then you, you just wait in expectation to watch that kid finally realize that they're mom. And then you see the absolute tears and emotion that come from like, this is how much we need our parents and this is how much you were missed. You show me one of those videos and 100% of the time there will be tears coming out of my eyes. And then there's other videos in my algorithm. This is another one I've been scrolling on so much. So they keep coming up is like, there's, this, there's these young, like influencer TikTok people that are actually using their influence for real good stuff. God bless them. And they've got a lot of cash from their influence. And what they've been doing is uh, going up to like people in dire need in grocery stores. You can just tell it's people that life, you can just see that life's been hard on them. Or, or there's this one where there's this homeless guy on the street and he's eating a meal that he got from someone. And this kid comes up and he's wearing nice clothes and he's wearing nice stuff. And he just says, hey, man, I just I haven't been able to eat today. And, and I was really hungry. And he asked the homeless guy who's sitting there with probably his only meal of maybe the day or more. He goes, you think I could get a bite of that? <laughs> and the homeless guy in this video is like, absolutely, man, come down here. Take whatever. You, and they start talking and they start having food together. Then he gets up and acts like he's leaving. And he's like, just kidding. I just was looking for someone that would be kind today because the world needs more kindness. So I just want to give you a gift too. Thanks for giving me some of your food. And he hands him an envelope with like a thousand dollars in it, which is like for a homeless person, like a million, it's like a game changer, right? And you just see him start weeping and they start hugging. And I'm just sitting there on my social media going, I need to do kinder things with my life. I love you, Jesus. This is so great. This is what humanity was made for, right? And those videos go viral. That's how I get to see him in the first place. The reason I say that is because I'm about to read you a passage of scripture that if there would have been social media 2000 years ago, this would have been one of those stories that had me crying. This would have been one of those stories that a hundred percent would go viral. There's just too many components to it that are beautiful. So we're going to use this to minister from today. This is Luke chapter five, wrapping it up. We'll get into chapter six next week. Bring a friend. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem. I love this because I'm believing for this today for our church. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men, carried, some men came, and here's where it goes TikTok viral right here. This is just too cool of a story. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. How beautiful is that, right? Some men along the side of the road see someone that can't currently help themselves and says, guess what? You can't walk. Guess what? We can't. You care if we pick you up and take you to someone that could help you possibly walk for the rest of your life, not just on this side of heaven, but for an eternity. And the man's like, please, I've been waiting for this opportunity. No one helps me like this. They get up and they help him. But when they get there, because faith will always, uh, faith will always, there'll always be some problems when you're exercising faith. There'll always be some things to get in the way when you're exercising faith. When they could not find a way to get him in because of the crowd, Listen to this. They didn't give up. They didn't stop. They didn't drop the man down and say, hey, bro, we tried. I know, I know you were hoping to see him, but the crowd's too full. This guy's special in there, and we just got here too late. We're sorry, but hey, is there anything we can do for you before we leave? They don't do that. Listen to what these guys do. They go up on the roof, 
and lowered them on his mat. They opened up the tiles. Other gospels will tell this story. They ripped open the tiles and in the middle of the crowd, they dropped him right in front of Jesus. Like you want to talk about a viral, cool moment. It says, listen to this. When Jesus saw whose faith, the paralyzed man or all of them, it's a collective, right? This man's about to get forgiven and healed because of collective faith. If you were here last week, you heard me talk about we are all healers, but it's a collective deal. We are all bringing our spiritual giftedness and our margin that we have because of our own blessings. We are bringing that to the table. And the goal in you being a healer is what can I do for someone else to bring them closer to the actual, real, fully embodied, fully embodied healer, which is Jesus Christ. This is what has happened. When Jesus saw their faith, because it was a collective thing, he said this, and I love this. He, he, he looks at him and he says, friend, faith, is what breeds friendship and intimacy with Christ. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must first believe that he exists. And then secondly, and these guys all believed both of these things or they wouldn't have wasted time and energy and sweat and tears to get this guy to Jesus. You must believe that he exists. And Hebrews eleven six 6 is number two, you must believe. Isn't this good news? He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is the perfect story of people diligently seeking him. As soon as something gets in there, the crowds are too big. Well, we'll just rip a hole in the roof and we'll find a way to pulley you and create a pulley system and lower you down right in the front of Jesus. He says this, friend, your sins are forgiven. To which I picture him going, oh, first of all, um, Jesus, I appreciate that. Who doesn't need a good little forgiveness of sins, right? But I actually came here because I want to walk. But thank you. Like, don't hear me being ungrateful. Thank you. You forgave my sin. Isn't it interesting what Jesus says right there? He says, your sins are forgiven. He's multitasking. Remember last week I said, anytime Jesus is healing physically in the scriptures, he's always multitasking. There's always a thing beneath the thing. You know what Jesus says when he says, I tell you, because of this amazing faith that got you right in front of me, your sins are forgiven. You know what Jesus is, is thinking in this moment? He's thinking, listen, I can, and I'm about to say, get up and walk. I'm about to perform a physical miracle for your paralyzation. But who cares if you can walk on this side of eternity if you don't walk with me forever in heaven? So I tell you the truth. You're about to receive the biggest miracle first. I tell you, your sins are forgiven. And you will spend an eternity with me in paradise. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God? And Jesus would have said, I couldn't agree more. Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But here's the thing beneath, here's Jesus multitasking. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home as who wouldn't praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and they said this, and I have been praying that this would be the anthem of our hearts as we walk out of church today to some degree. This same thing when we walk out of church today, we have seen remarkable things today. Now I'm about to tell you, uh, I'm about to tell you a hard truth, but it's just the truth. Every one of us, to some degree in this room. Many of you came in here today 
on a mat. Obviously not literally, not literally paralyzed, but you came in here today paralyzed by the difficulties of what life is handing you right now. You walked in here today with a metaphorical mat. How do I know this? Because we're human, because life is hard. Because there's an enemy of your soul, Jesus. This is serious business, Jesus said. I I came that you'd have life and I want you to have it to the fullest. He wanted that for the paralyzed man. That's why he forgave his sins and he healed his paralysis. But 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 you know what he says in that same verse? He says, But there's a there's a thief, there's an enemy, and he wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy you. This is this is serious stuff. The enemy loves when people get on mats. The enemy loves when people find things in life that want to paralyze. And the enemy loves when people get stuck. You guys know, know what I'm talking about? Some of you in here, you say, well, I, I, I might be coming in with a mat. How do you know? That's so much dust. This has been in a warehouse for a while. Sorry over there. But, but, but what, what's this, what's this represent? Like, okay, here's how you might know if, if, if you came in here with a metaphorical mat today is things like this go through your head. I think the best days are behind me. And any good energy and any possible joy you ever can cling to is thinking back to what, what, what once was versus what might be in your future. That's a paralyzation. You feel confined. Like the, Think about it. This was this guy's sacred, safe space as a paralytic. This was his space that he had gotten so comfortable with, that he had gotten so used to. He would have known every last stitch and nook and cranny of this thing. It would have been his little safe space, but completely confined to this one mat. If you're in here today and you just feel so confined and you feel so boxed in by what life's handed you right now, and can I just say this? Can I make a big balancing statement right now? If you walk in and I'm talking to you and you go, I think I walked in here with, with, with a mat. I, I think life's paralyzed me a little bit right now. Can I just tell you in this house, the house of God, there is no shame for the mat you may have walked in here with. Can I tell you there is no guilt for the mat that you walked in here with today? Can I tell you that, and this isn't my words, this is Romans chapter eight, we all know it. Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because those who are in Christ Jesus have been set free from the law of sin and death. There's no mat that is more powerful than the healing work of Jesus. But if you came in here and you say, I feel so boxed in right now. I feel so confined. I have no idea how to get myself out of this really small space that that life has handed me. And maybe it got handed to you because of your own decisions. Maybe it got handed to you this little confined space that's causing you paralyzation. Maybe it got handed to you because of other people's really destructive decisions over your life. That's not the point where it came from. The point is this, the enemy of your soul is patient. It's it's about the only virtuous thing that that guy still has is he will wait for moments where you find yourself in life on a mat again. And that's when he loves to pounce. That's when he loves to accuse. You know, the Bible calls the devil, the accuser of the brethren. This is his currency. He starts with fear. That is his chief currency. And then he fuels fear, fear that you'll never get off this mat, fear that your best days are behind you, fear that you can never do what you see everybody else doing. That's another sign you may have walked in with a mat is when things like envy and jealousy start to start to creep into your life. That's usually a sign that you're so discontented with your space in life that you feel paralyzed. And so like like the paralyzed man, think all day he spent doing two things, begging 
Sons and daughters of God are not beggars. You understand that? They're not beggars. He had to beg every single day just to get bread. Think of how he spent all day watching people uh, pass by him. The commerce of the city, the community of the city, movers, shakers, powerful people, people that had enough strength in their limbs to work honest jobs, walking past him doing commerce and doing market city stuff all day. He had to just sit there and watch that with, with this being accused to him with that in mind. You can't do that because you can't walk. You can't do that because you don't know how to get out of this confined little mat that you're on. You don't know how to get out of this, this space. And we all come in here uh, at different times. And some of you, you say, I didn't come in here carrying it. Life's going great. Can I just stop? And I always say this. You guys have heard me say it before. We don't get jealous or envious of you. We celebrate the season you're in. We celebrate that you didn't walk in with a mat. That's God's desire for all of us. But just keep these notes in your back pocket, right, for this today's sermon, because there's always seasons and you don't always, in fact, you rarely see the seasons coming where life just knocks you back down on a mat and the enemy starts to pounce. He starts to step up his games with lies and with fear and with accusations. But we serve a Jesus who says, if you can just bring me a seed, a mustard, I'll take a mustard seed. I can make a huge tree out of a mustard seed. And if you will just bring a mustard seed of faith, you will be shocked at how I can break down the confinement and the walls and the boxes that you think life has put you in, the paralysis that the enemy's trying to do. Some of you, it's a loss of a job or even a loss of a career. I know that feeling and it's just absolutely made you feel paralyzed. I don't know what to do now. I don't know what I'm worth anymore. What's my identity now? The best days are clearly behind me and that is a lie and an accusation from the pit of hell, not from the voice in the heart of God. Some of you, the diagnosis hit. We, we never know when that diagnosis is coming. I, I've just spent the last four years walking through brain cancer with my brother. And then we found out about five months ago that his wife, my sweet sister-in-law, just got breast cancer, right? These are amazing sons and daughters of God. These are people of highest integrity. These are some of the most respected people that I love in my life. They didn't get cancer because they deserved cancer because they did things wrong. Like the diagnosis came and I have seen the enemy of the Brugman family try and keep us on this isolated, confined mat and say, life's over. The better days are over because you can't do what you once did. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. And that's the reason I'm so passionate this morning. And I'm pleading with you guys on this mat is to say that is never the heart of God. There is always faith to bring these things to Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, you come to me with some faith like these men brought this guy. It took faith for them to pick him up and carry him there. It took faith for the guy to be vulnerable enough to, as a paralytic, say, I feel safe enough for you to take me up on a roof and lower it down. So you know how much vulnerability that takes? Faith takes incredible vulnerability. In 2019, I, I've told you this before, I'll cliff notes this for the sake of time because we're going to exercise some faith here in a minute. But in 2019, out of nowhere, I found myself back on a mat. And it was a trip because I, I'll be honest with you, I spent a lot of good years leading up to that where I hadn't been on a mat in a while. In fact, I had just spent the last 15 years before 2019 dedicating my whole life to being a mat carrier for other people. That's all, that, any pastor that's worth his weight in gold, all he, all he or she is at the end of the day, you know, is, is just a mat carrier. You're just a middleman. 
that says, I want to sign up and I want to give my life away. In fact, it's not just pastors, it's all of us. I want to sign up and I want to give my life away to finding the most vulnerable people in life that are paralyzed by the things that life has handed them, whether it's the divorce, whether it's the addiction, whether it's the diagnosis, whether it's the loss of a, of a, of a job or a career, whether it's the, 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 the loss or the death of a friendship. What about tragedy? Come on, y'all. You ever walked with someone that lost someone way too soon? There's people in this room right now, people that I pray for every week by name in this room that had to bury their children instead of their children someday burying them. You understand that? I can't even as a parent begin to fathom how much of a mat that would knock me down on. But in 2019, I went from being a mat carrier to being a person who was literally in real time becoming paralyzed by what happened to me in life. And it won't seem dramatic to you, but I dedicated my whole life to the church and I came from a church in Colorado that was big and growing and it had uh, so much blessing and God's hand on it and it still does and it's an amazing church. But this thing that I had struggled with since I was a little kid started to creep back up into my life and it had gotten so big again in 2019. And I thought this thing was in my past. And it's this thing called depression. And some of you in here, you know the real fight that comes with mental illness. And I thought I had grown up and I had matured or even maybe been healed out of my depression. And then in 2019, it got so bad that it was debilitating. And and you know what depression is? Let's stick with the text here. You know what depression is? It's a paralysis of the soul. And it attacks, it, it, it eats at your mind and your thought life. And it starts to bring in this cancer called hopelessness. That's what depression ultimately does. And it got to the point in 2019 where we have a church of over 15,000 people, multiple campuses, we're in prisons. Um, There's multi, multi multi-million dollar budget that we have to oversee. I'm one of the founders of the church. I'm way in over my head when it comes to that as far as skill set is concerned. I just wanted to be a mat carrier for people, not a CEO of a business, but the church was growing like that. And now all of a sudden I'm depressed so bad and you depress people. I know we don't get a lot of grace for this, but you'll know exactly what I'm saying. it's, It's it's depression in its fullness. It's like you can't even hardly get out of bed. I was wanting to sleep 13, 14, 15 hours a day. And all of a sudden, I found myself, I could barely return an email, more or less help oversee a staff of 130 people at our church. Like, like all of a sudden, my, my, my life, some of my identity was just being, just being paralyzed right in front of me. And the enemy just started in 2019 to pounce. And I've spent a high school career. I have literally spent the last four years working on this mat and getting up off this mat and not letting the confines of this, practicing what I'm preaching today, saying, this will not confine me. I serve a healing God. I serve a God who says, Chad, your best days are not behind you. They're in front of you. But you're going to have to do a couple things. Number one, you can't do this alone. You're going to need some, you're going to need to humble yourself enough to let some people pick up your mat and carry you back to Jesus. And I've had blessed to have so many of those people in my life. We need each other. This is why we gather. We don't just gather to give a nice talk and a nice monologue and sing some nice songs. All of that is a setup to create ministry, to create healing. This is what Jesus came to do. It's, it's like God, let me, let me have a moment here. Let me, let me rabbit trail for a minute. But it's like God's been speaking to me this whole year going into this year of like, Chad, people, 
don't need your words as much anymore as they need the power of God to show up in services. Life is hard. Life is real. I, I, I make a living talking about Jesus, but I've been hearing the spirit of God saying to me over and over, like the monologues have gotten too much. Okay. Like keep preaching, keep teaching. It's part of the biblical form of what we do in church. But at the end of the day, who cares how much we preach and we teach and we keep giving each other nice biblical ideas. If the power of God is there not to save and to heal people, we need the power of God. The apostle Paul, second Corinthians chapter four says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. And so God just led me in this text to say, I want to leave church saying we saw what they saw. I want to see remarkable things today. I want some mats to be picked up today. I want some people to walk out of here who crawled in here. Not literally, but you crawled in here. Your soul was tired. I want that for you. So, so what do you do when you want that? Well, let me just, let me just say this. We're going we're gonna to pick up some mats. We're going to make this right now a house of faith. How many of you brought at least a little measure of faith into this room today? Some of you brought a lot. Praise God. Some of you brought a little. Here's the deal. It's not a competition. God gives us all different measures of faith. It's, it's a spectrum issue. It's not about how much he gave you. It's about what you do with the faith that you have been given. He works through mustard seaside faith. So we're going to make this a house of faith today. And here's the beautiful thing about ministry. Some of you are going to borrow faith today like this paralytic did. Like I've been borrowing from friends and family members for the last four years. Some of you need to just, the only thing you need to do to show faith today to God is humble yourself enough to say, I brought a mat in today. Because come on, let's be honest. That takes humility, does it not? That's why I shared just cliff notes of of my story. And I'm not ashamed of my story. It's part of my testimony. But that's why I wanted you to show you that, hey, I'm not ashamed. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation that I, the pastor guy with the mic, spent, spent the last four years paralyzed in some ways trying to get up off the mat. This is me going, no, we can do this together. I was trying to be vulnerable to show you that's an act of faith. When you're vulnerable with your story and what you walk in here with, when you feel free to take off the mask and not play the games, that's a sign of faith to God. And that's when Jesus said, friend, I tell you, your sins are forgiven. Get up, take your mat, walk, go home. Today, we've seen remarkable things. So we're gonna do that. Let the words of Jesus just soak over you right now. And the reason I say that is because this isn't my opinion. This isn't me trying to hype a moment. This is me as one of God's little kids, his son saying, I'm just going to take him at his word. I don't know all the ins and outs of what we're about to read. I could get skeptical about it. I could get cynical, but that's not where faith grows. I'm like a little child going to believe in what Jesus says about his kingdom. Put the, put these scriptures up on the board. This is, I believe, Matthew 18. Truly, Jesus says, I tell you, when he starts out with truly, this is him emphatically going, please listen to this. This is the essence of truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He goes on to double down. He says, again, truly, please hear me. I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. And then he triples down and says, I'm just going to say the same thing in another way. He says, for where two or three gather in my name, what is he? He's with us today. We came here because of Jesus. You showed up. You took time out of your week. You got dressed. You took showers. You showed up here 
to honor the name of Jesus, not to play church. Few of you may have, but I doubt many, most of you came here to be in the presence of Jesus, to worship the name of Jesus, to lift up the name of Jesus, to cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. And he says, when two or three gather in my name, I'm there. And when Jesus is in a building, here's what type stuff starts happening. Your sins are forgiven. I tell you, get up, take your mat and walk home. We saw remarkable things today. Why? Because we put our faith in Jesus. And so we're going to do that right now. How do we do that? Jesus's brother, James, would eventually become one of the first lead pastors of the church. He oversaw the big church in Jerusalem. He wrote this to the church. This is how we are supposed to honor Jesus and, and function with Jesus in a healthy way as a church. But it's going to ask you for some faith. It's going to ask you for some vulnerability. It's going to ask you for some trust. It says this, is anyone among you in trouble? My translation today was, did anybody walk in here with a mat? Paralyzed by the troubles of this world and the enemy's just knocking you down every time you try to get up? Well, here's what we do. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? And if you are, praise God. Just be happy. Don't apologize for it. Right? Be happy. I'm so happy you're happy right now. Don't let anyone rob you of that joy because not everyone in here is doing as well. That's not how the kingdom works because it's cyclical. Sometimes some of us are happy and other of us are struggling. Other times you'll be struggling and they'll be happy, right? So we just celebrate with you today. I will say this though, this is a theme around the Brugman house. My kids know this by heart. We say the Brugmans will never apologize for our blessings unless we don't share them. So if you came in here happy today and you got some holy margin in your life right now because God's been good to you, that's just a sign you're here to be a healer today. You're here to let somebody lend, you're, you're here to lend somebody your faith that needs to borrow it today. Just like they did with that man. If any one of you is sick, let him call on the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer that's offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, we all got that in this room right now. God's gonna heal that today if we're just honest with it. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and just, it's the theme here, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Well, Chad, that's fine, but I'm not really consider myself much of a righteous person. Well, let me just tell you what you are. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you have received Christ Jesus, if you by faith have accepted the finished work of Christ Jesus on the cross, you walk in the fullness of his righteousness. You have taken on what he did for you as a gift. You now have the righteousness of Christ in you, which means you have the authority to not play small, not convince yourself that you just are confined by a little space of faith. No, you let your faith arise and you give it away to other people in the name of Jesus and for the glory of Jesus. I think if we just follow this template out of faith, not even having all of our questions answered or understanding how all this works, if we just like little children by faith follow this template, God sees faith in this room and he's like, I have to do something in that room. These are my friends. Friend, I tell you, your sins are forgiven. Get up, take your mat, walk. And so we're going to start and I'm going to ask for some vulnerability. If you're in here today and you say, I, Chad, didn't fully realize it till I walked in, but I feel a little bit paralyzed by life right now. I feel like I've been 
really confined by a really small space and I can't get my thought life outside of that mat. I can't seem to let my thoughts get beyond the walls that this mat has constricted me by. There is paralysis and the enemy just keeps beating me down. Every week I try to get up again. And by about Tuesday, I feel beat down again. I need to borrow some faith today. If you're in here and that's you, if anyone is in trouble or has a mat today, we're going to pray for you and with you. We are going to do ministry today. If you need to borrow some faith right now because of a mat you walked in with, would you just be bold and stand up right now? I know it's vulnerable. It takes humility, but this is what we're here for. There's no judgment. There's no guilt. I could not be more proud of everybody that's standing up right now. Now, those of you who didn't stand up, first of all, we celebrate that with you. Praise God, right? Just take a moment and praise God that you're not on a mat right now. No, no, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Like, here's what we're going to do. If you're sitting in here and you're willing and you just even have a mustard seed of faith for the good of someone else right now, we're going to start worshiping Jesus in this place. This is going to be a house of prayer right now. So I want you to see somebody that catches your eye. Somebody may be close. You may know someone far away and you feel like you need to go to them, but I'm just, we're just going to have this room surrounded with people praying, lay your hands on them, do it appropriately and kindly, but put your hands on them. That's a sign of I'm with you. Our faith is together and where two or three agree is touching any one thing. It shall be done. Let's lend some faith right now. Let's borrow some faith right now, y'all. There's a few of you in here. And I don't know why you're here. You're seeking, you're searching something out. You're interested in uh, something, something's going on in life that drew you here. But if you were being honest, you say, I don't actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or, or Chad, what's that? What's that even look like to be in a relationship that we keep hearing you sing about and hearing you guys talk about and take communion about? What's that even look like? And uh, before I tell you just real quickly kind of what that looks like, let me just tell you that 27, 28 years ago, uh, whatever it was, 26 years ago, I surrendered my heart and life to Jesus. I asked him that he would take all my brokenness, the, the mat of sin that I was completely paralyzed in my early 20s. And I said, Jesus, if you will have me, would you please forgive me of my sins and all the brokenness that my decisions have brought my way and all the difficulty that I find myself in. And Jesus, I need something more than I'm currently experiencing. And I believe it's you. So Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe in you in my heart by faith. And and the Bible says that when you just do that, you recognize the truth, which is, Everyone in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's a comma there, not a period. But we are justified freely by the grace and redemption of Jesus Christ. Grace is getting what you most need when you least deserve it. Some of you came in here right now and that's what you need. And can I just remind you from the story we read today? The greatest miracle on planet earth is not a healing from cancer or even from a paralyzed person. What what human wouldn't want to see that happen though, right? Amazing, praise God. But Jesus told us out of his very mouth, what's harder to do? Forgive people of sins or say, get up and take your mat. But so that you know that I have the power to do the harder thing, I'll heal you right now. But here's the deal. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Who cares how healed you get on this side of eternity if you're not going to be in eternity with Jesus? So that's why Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. You're going to walk with me forever. 
in a place where there's no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. See, I, I get older, as I get older, I don't make many exclusive statements anymore because life will humble you when you make a lot of black and white exclusive statements. But I will proudly be black and white about one thing because I believe it to be 100% true and I believe it's the most loving thing I can be black and white about. The Bible says there is only one name under heaven with which men can be saved and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus was either a horrible, evil human being when he said this, or he was just telling the truth. You get to decide for yourself. You're an adult. But he said this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm also the life. And nobody can come to the Father forever except through me. And I just want to invite any one of you in this room right now who does not have a relationship with Jesus, but you're like, ah, that's what I came here to do. I came to pick up the ultimate, the first and most important mat of my life, which is the mat of eternity, the mat of salvation. So that's what I came here for today. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me here. He brought you here, whether you, you knew it or not, just because of how much he loves you. He's, he's wooing you home. He's wooing you home. And it's not because he's mad at you. It's not because he's ashamed of you. It's because he created you. He loves you. He has a purpose for you. He knit you fearfully together in your mother's womb. So if you're here right now, I'm just asking you, do the thing that I did 26 years ago. And it is without question, unequivocally, the single best decision I've ever made by such a large margin. And it was just the decision to repent of my sins and ask Jesus into my life. If you'd like to do that right now with every head bowed and eye closed out of respect, would you just put up your hand right now? Keep it up. If you want to receive the saving work of Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep them up. Be proud. This is the best moment of your life. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray for them right now. This is the ultimate healing. We have seen remarkable things today for a city. Jesus, we thank you that today is the day of salvation. Jesus, we thank you for everything you're doing that we know you're doing and all of the things you're doing today that we cannot yet see or quantify. We thank you, Jesus. Now for every person that held up their hand and said they by faith ask for forgiveness of their sins and to receive you into their hearts and lives. We now pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill them right now with streams of living water to overflowing, that they would walk out of these doors with such a lightness, with such an ease that they did not have walking in because of the life-changing power of God. Your word says that when people are born again, they cross over from death to life. May their spirit, their soul, their mind, their body, may they sense that right now. May they feel that right now. May they be fueled by that right now. Jesus, we wrap today up by just saying thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you the praise. Jesus, I thank you for my friends out here that ministered to each other today, that took care of each other today, that fought for each other today, that picked up mats for each other today. Jesus, may you bless them as they walk out of these doors. May you keep them in the grip of your grace. May you cause your face to shine upon them as they go about their week. Turn your countenance towards them. And I pray, God, that the peace that passes understanding would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as they walk out of these doors. We pray this blessing in the name of Jesus. And all my friends said, love you guys too much, man. So much.